Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? Good. It's been a bit of a mental week, hasn't it? It's been it a, has. quite a bit crazier than I think, well, certainly I expected. I don't know what you were expecting. but um, Oh, definitely. No one could foresee some of the things that happened over the last week. It's not even just the headline signings through free agency. It's the quantity of, of, of change, I think. It's way more than I expected. Um, we've seen Brandon Bean, you know, really earn his corn, haven't we, this week? Um, was yeah. last sort of week or so. So, yeah, it's been been really like, really exciting to watch, actually. Um, I'm always a bit cautious about free agency. I always feel like, you know, it's a bit of a roster filler, a bit of a, you know, fill mm. the holes with something too exciting. Obviously, remember, we'll remember those that Stefan Diggs signing, but typically the Bills don't do major stuff in free agency. And um, well, that's changed. This year, um, being like sweet surprises and surprises he did. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's exciting. I want, just want the season to start. Really I want the draft here. I want the season to start and watch these players. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that we've done more in terms of the bills? Like just looking at it uh, in the first week, for first week of free agency. Do you think we've done more than what you expected us to do? Yeah, I think without a doubt. And actually, I think if you look across the position groups. Um, right now, you have to say the defensive line is better. Um, I think, depending on what happens with uh, Ryan Bates, I think the offensive line may be better. Um, obviously, we're weaker at cornerback right now. We're weaker at wide receiver right now. Um, I think we're stronger at tight end. I think we're probably stronger at quarterback, you could argue. Uh, although that's obviously, you know, there's a position hopefully we don't have to use and call upon is quarterback depth. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it's shaping up really nicely and, and putting us into a position for drafting, you know, a couple of, I would say, premium positions, probably cornerback and wide receiver. But, yeah, it, it, it's, it's good. I'm also a little bit concerned we don't have a bit more depth at corner. I think that's uh, – I think that has to be what they're working on right now. Mm. Um, yeah. But um, other than that, I think we're in really good shape. And, and, you know, the key for me always is are you improving the team? You know, you know, what are we taking away? What are we adding? And are the players that we're bringing in better than the ones that are going out the door? And I think, yeah, you know, we, we've been calling, we have to remember this was a top rated defense last year, but I think there's an argument to say it's going to be even better this year with Von Bonner's addition. So yeah, it really, really interesting signings and you know, been doing things that perhaps he doesn't normally do, you know, a lot of restructures, um, you know, making a splashy play, you know, he said he wasn't really planning to do that, you know, I'm sure what to believe or not. Equally, when when a player like Von Billen becomes available, you know, if there's a chance <laughs> of getting them, then that's great. And I think what perhaps is becoming apparent to most Bills fans now is that the Bills are a team that players want to come and play for. You know, it's no longer the sort of, oh, why would I want to go to Buffalo when I could stay in LA or I could play in New York or play in Dallas or wherever because of Josh Allen, because people have seen what this team is capable of. And I think they, many people believe it's a Super Bowl contender. Now it's more of a destination and um, yeah, that really opens up other opportunities that perhaps we won't have seen before. I feel like though you say that this isn't, you know, the prototypical, you know, Bill's off season under Brandon Bean we've seen. Clearly he set up the foundations uh, over the last three, four years. But obviously I feel like when they got to the AFC Championship in 2020, I think at that point they could have made a similar splash 
uh, in terms of Von Miller and a few of the other depth guys that they've brought in, um, like they've done so far in free agency this season. They probably would have done it last season, but obviously COVID impacted the cap, so they had to be a bit more frugal, mm. a bit more sensible than when they actually made this run. And then I think all the moves that have happened across the AFC, all the influx of talent that have come from the NFC straight into the AFC, I feel like, you know, our opportunities now when we're going to, you know, mortgage a future, um, you know, and just make these moves now and, you know, really give it a go. Well, you know, are we mortgaging the future or are we just taking a bit more risk? Um, I mean, you know, the, the downside of these restructures and signing a play like one million baby on a, on a slightly longer term deal is, well, what happens if they, they stop playing at that level? Um, and it, everything is a, is a, is a calculation and, you know, Bean traditionally says he doesn't like to do these restructures because it gives him less flexibility. The player drops off suddenly um, or has a long-term injury, uh, then that sort of changes the dynamics of what he can do and it puts us in a position where we've got more dead cap later on. But um, we are in a Super Bowl window. This is the sort of last year of a slightly more affordable Josh Allen contract. Obviously, everyone's expecting the, the cap to go up quite considerably, especially with new TV deals coming in. Um, so I think Bean's taken a calculated gamble uh, I think he's also aware that we're now in the AFC. The AFC now is an arms race, and that some of the players coming in, all the best edge rushers, all the best quarterbacks are in the AFC, and that's going to increase the need for the Bills to go and get that number one seed. And actually, I don't think many people are really talking about this, but that division with KC, with Denver, with Las Vegas, and the Chargers in who are all going to beat each other up, increases the chances of the Bills getting that number one seed. So although you might think, well, it's going to make the playoffs so much more difficult. Well, maybe not if you've got one less game and you have to face one, uh, one fewer good teams in the playoffs. Um, so I think that we've got to be all in on getting that number one seed and winning as many games as we can. And, and that's not going to be easy. You know, our, our schedule is not easy this year uh, at all, but no one's is. And um I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting. I think there's going to be a lot more games this year I'm going to watch between teams that I don't support just because I want to see the matchups. Um, we're going to see yeah. matchups that we don't often see. <clears throat> yeah, all the AFC West games are going to go automatically to prime time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. I, think, and I think because of a Von Biller signing, that uh, it looks more likely that the Rams Bills game will probably be the season opener as well, just because. Yeah. That was one of the favourites in the first place. And just Von Miller, like, let's just go there. Obviously, we're doing the free agency recap for the first week. Um, I love this because we tend to do this sometimes. We'll start the episode and because we haven't talked bills for a week or something, we just end up <laughs> going straight into it. So we are here to do a free agency So let's get recap. into it. Let's get so into let's it. get into it properly. Yeah. So we talked about Von Miller then. He's the, well, just the marquee signing, isn't he? The the big money signing that the Bills made. I just want to ask you, though, where your mindset was Wednesday after the J.D. McKissick, so he wasn't running back, <laughs> that the Bills had signed on a two-year, yeah. eight-million-dollar contract and he pulled out and went back to the commanders. All I want to say to him is good luck, mate, because uh, you're not going to be very good at all next season. <laughs> and um, Chandler Jones as well coming off a of you know, the board and signing with the Raiders, like that was a bit of a gut punch to me because I just assumed Von Miller, he'd be going back to the Rams, to be honest. I, I didn't really have him on my radar just because no, I thought same. that was yeah 90% certain that he's just going to go back there and chase another ring. And when all of a sudden you text me, I was asleep because it came out what time? I think it was like 20 to 11 our so time. Like that, yeah. And you, yeah. you text me and I looked at my phone 
bloody it. What do you mean Von Miller and OJ Howard? I look on my phone, <laughs> see all of this just Armageddon happening. And it's just like, bloody hell, you know. And so for the listeners smash. need to know that normally you get quite annoyed if I text you some uh, yeah. some news. But I thought, yeah. sod it, I don't care. Uh, you need to know this. You're not, so you know, Tim, for some reason, likes to get all his news off his Twitter stream. And, and I do, Charlie but... texting him is, is, a, is a down. But I thought, sod it, this is such big news. I've got to let you know, you know, maybe. <laughs> Maybe you're awake. <laughs> and here's why. You don't want to, on Christmas Day, wake up and know exactly what you're getting before you opened it. You know, you, I like that surprise <laughs> of logging in, seeing it for myself, and finding that surprise out myself. I don't need you or anyone else to, you know, make that surprise, you know. My um, message is a surprise in itself. You know, you wouldn't have been expecting me to be messaging you at that time. And uh, <laughs> I think it's the only reason I do it is just to annoy you anyway. But um, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But you've, you've done it for the Josh Allen news. You've done it for the Darren Williams. You're yeah. now big was with Darren Williams in 2020. Eventually, um, you just blocked me and be, be done with it. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel come down to that. I just but, accept it now. I just see it. I'm like, fair enough. Charlie's. I mean, I, me. I echo almost everything you said. I mean, I. I was never expecting Chandler Jones to come. It just didn't feel likely. Every free agency, we always go through these top targets. Who could the Bills go for? And they never come to the Bills, right? So I've been conditioned over the years with one or two very rare exceptions of typically the the top targets and the top 10, 20 of free agent lists. They're not coming to the Bills. So I know you were high in Chandler Jones, and on paper, I was as well. Of course, it's a, a massive addition, would be a massive addition. I also liked um, uh, the guy in Miami, Ogba. Og- I, I thought he would be a good addition if we wanted to go down that way. Um, I didn't expect Ron Miller to really be even a candidate. I thought option one is, I'm going to stay in LA. I've just won a Super Bowl here. Option two is, I'm going to go back to the Broncos, where I spent yeah. all those years, because now they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, I and then the Cowboys like, as well, because Randy Gregory done the U-turn, went there, and he's a Texas guy, isn't he? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, and I've always loved Von Miller, and I think he's an outstanding player. I think he's a great guy, he's a brilliant culture guy. But I just never expect him to be even a consideration. So then I saw this six-year, 120 million. And yeah. I, I fell into that trap, which, you know, we all know you shouldn't just read the, the, the initial sticker. And it still annoys me that these insiders publish this crap, which is just fed to them by the agents without actually looking at the details. You've always got to wait. It turns So I was like, six years? How old Von Miller? <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> that cannot be a six-year contract. So initially, I was like, what? Yeah, great, amazing. But six years, how, you know, what, what is this really? What, what, what's the real shape of it? And of course, then you see it's actually more like a two-year, three-year, two, 17 and a half million a year, which is much more in the range. And it's still a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's much more in the kind of Chandler Jones range, top edge Russian money, what you'd expect. And the fact is maybe two, two years, three years, and, and then we'll see, that makes it much more palatable. And then I started sort of thinking about it more like, this is perfect for the likes of AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham and Gregory Rousseau, because you've got a culture guy, a guy who's absolutely at the top of his game, who just won a Super Bowl, helping develop these three up-and-coming edge rushers. And so for me, it's almost like a double win uh, because he's such a great culture guy and we know that he'll help develop those guys. Um, and he's such a great player and we can probably expect a lot more production from the edge than we've had for a while. It's just a, a perfect signing. And, and I was just delighted, really. And almost a bit quite surprised. Um, but yeah, super happy. 
And the thing is with Von Miller, he doesn't have to play, you know, you look at his career, he's probably played 80, 85% of snaps. You know, he can come into this team and we can manage him, his age. You know, he's always been pretty available during his career. But we've got, you know, as you say, the young core there. We brought Shaq Lawson back, who we'll talk about a bit more in, uh, in a little while. And, you know, we can almost like not make him inactive. You'd want to make him active every game and play a majority of snaps. But you can say, you know, just sit on the sidelines, just, you know, relax, because you're going to need him for those big games. You're going to need him for the Chiefs games, for Titans games during the season, and obviously, more importantly, for postseason. That's where he really breaks out. That's where he really performs. So um, I think for those key games, those key situations, he's going to be invaluable and really bring value to this team. I just going to give us better field position. We're going to be putting more pressure on. And this, I mean, essentially, this defensive line is completely reworked. Um, it's yeah. going to open up, you know, he's going to attract double teams. That's going to open up things for, for the likes of Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau on the other side. Um, I think what's perhaps under the radar is that Von Miller's a really good run defender as well. Um, you know, he's a proper all round defensive end, he's not just a pass rusher. And I, I think, well, we'll come on to some of the other defensive line additions in a minute, but this really does strengthen our position against the run. And with having this great secondary, which hopefully we will complement in the draft, um, it just puts this defense again to another level. And it's hard to maintain really good defense year after year after year. But I think, um, yeah, there's a lot, of, lot to be excited about right now. We've got that continuity on defense, haven't we? So I feel like you can come in and really make a difference. Like the um, other additions we've made, Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, I think they're both on our radar of players that could be you know, solid players. Um, they can, you know, improve what we've got uh, in the interior of that defensive line, give us some upside in a you know, pass rush. They're obviously more one tech. So, so I feel like just those two guys bringing them in and then obviously Jordan Phillips as well. Like we've just become... We, we, a lot more beefy. You look at the size of the guys, you know, Jordan Phillips, we know really well. I think his role will be back up free tech and that'll be really, you know, really suit his, you know, the best, get, get the best out of him. He's uh, six foot six, 40 pounds. You look at Tim Settle, he's 310, Daquan Jones, 320. So I'm just happy that we're getting a bit more beef and we'll be a so bit more stout. Who's the, who's the starting first down front four on that defense, you think? So edge players, uh, Von Miller and Greg Rousseau. Mm -hmm. And then interior, Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones, I'd say. I think yeah. Tim Settle's more of a backup guy. He's more uh, of a kind of hybrid, start, but, one tech, yeah. three tech kind of hybrid, probably replacing the Vernon Butler. Um, probably similar to Quinton Jefferson when he yes, came in yeah, and played yeah, for good, us. Good comparison, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan Phillips, another sort of um, yeah, backup three tech. Are we still a bit light at one tech? feels like we are um i, I mean, don't think it's only so really well i mean it is a passing league um yeah. i mean i feel like we had two last year now we might argue that uh star wasn't fantastic he was sort of workmanlike and obviously harrison Phillips, i thought it improved and i think he did a solid job especially towards the end of the season but we essentially had two um I'm just wondering what, I mean, on passing downs, you can see that's perhaps where you know, Jordan Phillips plays alongside Ed Oliver, or maybe Tim Settle comes in to play on, alongside Ed Oliver. Um, obviously, Shaq Lawson's got inside-outside capabilities as well. They've got a lot of options, but it just, it just feels like we're at one player light at one tech, and it, it makes me think, I wonder if they may still try to, to draft somebody. 
Mm. And it's funny, I, I released a mock um, during last week when free agency was happening, I think after the Von Miller signing. And yeah, I just went purely BPA. Like I put Kenyon Green in um, at guard. Um, and then I think um, Jones, Travis Jones from UConn, I put him next. And I know, you know, we've made these investments in the offensive and defensive lines. And we'll talk about Roger Saffold as well shortly. But I feel like, you know, BPA, we're in a position that, you know, we've got a really strong group, um, a really strong roster. And especially on the offensive line, like you look at the Cody Ford and, uh, Ryan Bates, if he comes back, and uh, Roger Saffer, they're all one-year guys. So, yeah. what's, what's LA Onku's situation? Is he he's, he's brought on back the roster, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe they I, I really think like we're him. Perfectly fine, to be but honest. Maybe they see him as the backup one tech. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I actually thought he job. played well when uh, when he when he when he. When he came in last year, um, done a hell of a lot more than Vernon Butler. Butler didn't he? He did, but, um, <laughs> which isn't saying much, but no, he definitely, uh, you know, had a role when he got uh, brought into the team, um, and that's why I'm pretty comfortable with one tech. Like if they, yeah. you know, decide to make a longer term investment there, I won't. You know, I get it. Cornerback, you know, it looks so. Um, you know, we really do need to sign one or two at least minimum because of Trey White's injury situation. We can't just rely on Dane Jackson. Obviously, Levi Wallace is gone, who we'll talk about as well a little bit later. Um, you know, there's certain holes in this roster, but between now and when the draft happens, you know, we're not just going to be sitting there with just Dane Jackson as our only outside corner. You know, there's going to be one or two guys signed that's going to help. So you have to think they're going to bring in a vet and then draft somebody. Yeah. I've been crying out for a cornerback uh, two for a while, but it feels like just from a numbers perspective, they have to draft somebody and draft one pretty early. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Shall we touch on um, just Jordan Phillips and uh, Shaq Lawson come back? Yeah, I mean, about they've, it, they've but... come back on pretty cheap contracts, haven't they? Um, yeah. You know, most people probably remember that, you know, a few seasons ago, they were, they actually had their most productive years as Bills. Um, they were quite popular, I think, with, with Bill's Mafia as well. Good characters in the dressing room. And they had, on, on the background, I mean, pretty good seasons. They went went for the money. Um, you know, so Shaq Lawson, he's been with the Dolphins and the Jets since he's been in the Bills in what, 2019, I guess it was. Uh, John Phillips, he went to Arizona. It didn't really work out for him there. Um, and they both come in, I think, on one-year contracts on pretty cheap deals. Really is, um, yeah, I, I guess, just rotational pieces. Um, and... You know, what stood out is that what they've talked about coming back to Buffalo is just how valued they now see the culture in, in Buffalo is and, and how important that was for actually generating some of the best years of their careers. I mean, Jordan Phillips had that, was it nine and a half sack season, something like that, I think he was on. And everyone was like, oh, we got to bring him back. But actually, he was benefiting a lot from other players around him. And it was a little bit of sort of, I think, a false... It's inflated, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a bit. And he got, and got paid and good for him for doing that. But I think it's interesting that they decided now to come back. Whether they are still on our roster come come uh, the start of the season, we'll see. Uh, I do think that uh, there's a chance that they might, you know, like you say, go best player available, bring in one or two players in the draft on this defensive line and maybe find that they are, you know, um, there's too, there's too many, too many bodies. Um, but let's see. I mean, as I said, I like the, I like both guys, good, good locker room guys love Buffalo. And um, I think they've realized now the grass isn't greener on the other side. So yeah, nice to have them back. Mm. I was really amazed actually when Jordan Phillips talked in his press conference about 
you know, him watching every single Bills game since he left. And clearly he's going to be, Surprise, you know, yeah. close to, you know, he's going to be in contact with the Bills players that are still there and, you know, communicating to them regularly. But I was pretty shocked that he's, he watched every single Bills game like a fan, you know. That's what it felt like. It, you know, it really came across that, you know, he was a fan of this team, fan of his former team teammates, uh, fan of fan of this franchise. And I feel like, yeah, that's a great signing. Don't get him to play one tech, though, because if you remember, he was pretty terrible against the run. But he certainly has that upside. If he's got someone there like an Eli Ankrew, even, or just anyone, uh, Daquan Jones, just allow him to rush the passer and, you know, get him, you know, he's got good get-off for his size and, you know, obviously he's got good physicality. So I, I really like these signings as purely depth signings. Um, we don't know quite, I don't think, for the money that they were brought in on, but we, we assume it's, it's it's very cheap. You know, it's not going to have a, a significant impact on, on, on our salary cap. So, uh, yeah, those good moves in my mind and uh, it's really nice to bring them back. And, you know, it feels like um, the Bang Brothers, isn't that what they call it? The um, the guys, uh, what are they called in the um, Mighty Ducks? Oh, uh, I don't know. I've never seen it. Have you not? You've <laughs> no. never seen Mighty Ducks? no, no. Well, it's kind of like, um, well, they have the two, um, like goons, well, aren't they called? In um, oh yeah, yeah, the ones the that are just there to beat yeah, people up. Exactly, yeah. and it feels like those guys are teaming up again uh, and running it back with the Bills. So no, I'm really happy to bring them in. Have seen um, the goon, which is a really good hockey film. If yeah, I, I wanted to watch that to be honest, but I've never got around to watching uh, it. I so. highly recommend it. It's good fun. Good, 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 good. and then. A few more signings. So when Von Miller was announced, OJ Howard was uh, signed as well. Um, he wasn't someone that was on my radar again, but I don't know why, because just, you know, he's, he's, he was drafted in the first round, picked 19 by the Bucks in 2015. You know, he's had a really uh, impressive college career. He's very athletic, tight end. Um, when, he started off really well at, at yeah. Tampa, didn't he? And then obviously... Yeah. Bruce Arians came in, not a big, big fan of tight ends, not a big fan of throwing to tight ends. Um, well, obviously, Gronk. Gronk was, he was going to be with Gronk for the last, um, well, I guess it was two seasons. Yeah, so, and camp right there and a few yeah. others. But, yeah. I mean, you go back to 2017, 2018, he was in the sort of 500 yards, five touchdowns, five, six touchdowns kind of range. Mm. Uh, he was routinely linked to the Bills at the trade deadlines as well, wasn't mm. he? Like every single one, it felt like he was linked to us uh, whilst we're trying to get Dawson Knox up to speed. So it's one year deal, three and a half million. Um, I would, I, I think there's a really good chance that he sort of resurrects his career a little bit here mm, and probably definitely. prices himself out of a second deal, yeah. which makes me think there's still a chance that we might uh, get a developmental tight end in the draft. Um, I'm not sure anyone believes that Tommy Sweeney's the answer. You know, we, we've been through a few, haven't we? Tyler Croft wasn't, he wasn't great, was he? And uh, when Jacob Hollister, um, he came in in uh, free agency last season and was cut, but, but Knox was so good last year. Um, we didn't really depend on that tight end too, but I think the chance of playing or at least having the option to to put some two tight end sets out, I think that really creates matchup problems for the opposition. Just gives us another angle, another option. Exactly. And I really like yeah. that idea. I mean, when we put Tommy Sweeney on, no one, everyone knows Tommy Sweeney's not catching a ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know that Dawson Knox is your guy. You put um, Howard and Knox on, and suddenly it gives the defense different things to think about. And I can see him being quite an effective red zone threat. And uh, he's also a decent blocker as well. 
yeah, he's in a completely different stratosphere to the guys that you just listed, Tommy Sweeney, Tyler Croft and those guys. Um, you know, you just look at his, as I said, his college um, production and just the size of the guy as well. He's six foot five, I think 250 pounds. Incredibly athletic. You know, he yeah. is. I saw a picture of him um, in the Bill Stadium and his arms, you know, he's really muscular and, you know, he's built differently to those guys that we have had as tight end two. So as you said, I do feel like this is almost like a Mitchell Trubisky redemption project at tight end. You know, he can come in for one season. He'll certainly have more of a role. You know, he'll be more productive than Mitchell Trubisky was just sitting on the bench and watching Josh Allen play. But, you know, he'll have a productive season in this offense go off, sign somewhere else for a big contract and, you know, earn that money. And, you know, that's just going to help us longer term as well to recruit those types of uh, redemption projects. So no, I'm really happy with OJ Howard for the price point, um, you know, for what he can mean to this offense. I think that's a great signing. Uh, I think that's one of our, you know, more underrated um, signings that we've made, actually. I think he can make a real impact in this team so, and I still wouldn't as I said we, we talk about best player available you know this draft uh, from rounds you know three to five there's quite a lot of um, good potential uh, tight ends you know high ceilings and I feel like it wouldn't stop uh, the OJ Howard signing wouldn't stop them drafting someone um, no not at all not at clearly all. and we know that tight end anyway is like a long developing uh, you know it takes time for them to get up to speed and it's taken Dawson Knox three years hasn't it so um, and, and OJ Howard's only here for a season. So even if you draft someone, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll help this room out long term. So yeah, you can really see them going after another sort of traitsy guy who they think they can develop, couldn't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And then the other one was Roger Saffold, who I think, so again, a really good signing. I think by the sounds of it, I haven't watched too much of him, but his career's been going kind of downwards over the last year. Um, I think he still made a Pro Bowl, though. He did. Rumours seem to be that he was, kind of, it was more on his name than, than his actual performance. Yes, exactly. His yeah. Pro Bowl his choices, pass, as we know, were a bit... Yeah. <laughs> I know that the Titans' you know, pass protection was pretty abysmal last season. Uh, at times, I think it improved the further the season went on. But uh, a reclamation project, again, you know, he's had... I don't know how he's a multiple pro bowler. Um, you know, he knows uh, Cromer, you know, from his days at Rams. Uh, I just think this is a real good plug and play left guard that will, yeah, just solidify this line. So got no arguments there. That's no. And I think if we can bring Ryan Bates back, I think he is, that is an improvement on the line from last year. Um, yeah. Obviously he'll play left, left guard um, alongside Dion Dawkins. And um, hopefully we can have Ryan Bates at right guard. And I think that's a really solid um, offensive line. Obviously, we expect some more development out of Spencer Brown. Um, but yeah, I think that's an improvement over what we had. And um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you were a big fan, really, of, of Williams, were you? You kind of somewhat disappointed that he's been let go, or um, was this sort of inevitable with his cap hit? Uh, completely agree with the second point of that. Like, as you said, you know, he was signed as a tackle, he was making tackle money. Uh, pretty good tackle money as well. And the emergence of Spencer Brown, I don't think anyone anticipated that. Um, not even the Bills. I think maybe they thought it'd go a little bit earlier. And again, BPA, looking to the future um, in, a, in a, you know, one of the more important positions uh, on the roster. They draft him and they just kicked out Williams uh, on the inside. And yeah, I think it's a shame that he had to go, but yeah, you know, they need to make room. They need to, you know, 
him being on a roster, um, handicapping the interior of this defensive line, not allowing us to bring Avon Miller into the uh, onto this roster. Mm. You know, it, it was absolutely the right move to to get rid of Dal Williams. But it's a shame because I felt I felt like his 2020, um, he was great that season and he fully deserved that contract extension. It's just how things, um, you know, it didn't quite work out for him but that's not through any fault of his own because I think he was still pretty solid last season even it was at okay. guard yeah, it was okay. you know he just, wasn't just a money know, thing, amazing, isn't it, really? but yeah. exactly it's, it's business isn't it it's not personal and if something happened where I'm not saying this obviously but like maybe next season or you know two seasons time and you know he's not had good moves um, and he's available again and at the right price point for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott I think he you know, there's a path for him coming back. Like, there is all these players, you know. Yeah, like yeah, especially about... if, yeah. I mean, you yeah. never know. He could get a veteran minimum or something. I mean, he probably earned the money that he's going to earn in, in, in this league now, isn't he? So, mm. yeah, mm. maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like we've only got a couple more signings to cover. So, Case Keenum is a, a fairly new one. He was traded for a seventh-round pick, and they've already restructured his deal. Um, I think he's gone down to, like, a... Is he only contracted under? No, it's two seasons, isn't it? I yes, think. yeah. Three and a half million per. Um, and that, that that feels like, again, another good signing. Um, you're, really not good gonna, signing. Yeah. you're not going to have a Mitchell Trubisky just land on your lap like he did last season. You know, he's a little bit more money, but he's got that experience um, as a backup. You know, he's not going to be demanding to be uh, QB1. And, you know, he's only going to challenge and, uh, push Josh Allen, but he knows Josh Allen's going to be QB1 um, and there's no way around that. And he, I think he's played over 50 career games, I was hearing. Yeah, so that's a big thing for me. Yeah, he's actually yeah. Got, similar to Trubisky. He's played real world snaps in proper games. He's played important games. And I think he's a very, very solid backup. And I think he's a really solid QB2. And obviously, we've just seen that. Uh, Matt Barkley's come back as well. Um, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, probably taking that sort of Davis Webb job, I suppose. That kind of, um, you know, he's a smart guy. Probably not a guy you want to be covering for Josh Allen for three games. But um, certainly Josh gets on with him really well. You know, their families get on well. And um, I think, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to have him back given that Davis Webb went. Hey, you never know. Might need Matt Barkley to play against the Dolphins. And how many touchdowns did he throw at the end of 2020 <laughs> against five? them? Four like or five? Yeah, it felt like a lot. So, no, he can come in and certainly do a job. So, no, it's good to have him back. And there's a few other guys at like Jake Kumaro. That was, I think, the first one that was brought back uh, at the start of free agency. Mark Wally as well. He spent time on the Raiders as well. I won't really go, I won't talk too much about those guys because they're mainly special teams and, and depth players. Um, so, I think... Uh, oh no, we well we did have one just before we um, came and record uh, started recording. We had uh, Duke Johnson who uh, has come in as that receiving um, running back, third down back uh, instead of Jalen McKissick. So yeah, I think he's had he's had pretty decent production at Miami. Um, I think yeah, uh, he's he's done all right actually. I mean, he's been in the league quite a few years. Uh, yeah, you know, start off with Cleveland, did four seasons with them. He was good for Cleveland. He was, he was. and and uh, you know you, you look at his rushing stats and his and his combination with his receiving stats. He's, he's very solid. He's also done a bit of returning in in the past. I don't know if we really have that in mind for him, but um, he's a he's a he's a very solid receiving back. And um, yeah, I'm actually I think it's quite a nice under the radar signing actually. Mm. Yeah. We also had another one, uh, which is 
Uh, let me just get the uh, the name right. Um, who is it? Have I missed name? one? Has something oh, just yeah, happened? Greg Manx. Um, you think oh, yeah. Season the offensive lineman. Can't say. Can't say. I know anything about him. Um, he was uh, other than his name's Greg. Other than his name's Greg, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's basically he's cover offensive line. Um, I, I, I I can't tell you anything. Um, I've actually got Trish's uh, free agent frenzy update uh, just to read a little bit. So anyone that's wanting to know a bit more about these players, it's a good place to start. Um, he's only started 32 games in his career, um, but he can play pretty much all positions across the offensive line, apparently, according to Trish. Thank you, Trish. You felt us out there, but um, yeah, I don't imagine we'll be seeing that much of him, but maybe he is the cover for um, Ryan, Ryan Bates. Bates. Yeah, yeah. Which, don't know how I feel about that. I'd much rather have Ryan Bates back, but let's see. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll just quickly talk about um, the 2021 Bills players that have left and departed and joined other teams. So we've already touched on Mitchell Trubisky going to the Steelers. Two years, 27 million. So it wasn't quite, people were saying that he was going to command 20 million a season. So um, that would have been crazy. I think that's the right price point for the Steelers. It doesn't mortgage them in any way for the future. Um, but it gives Trubisky a good opportunity in a very stable team, very well well run team. So he's got a really good opportunity there. I still anticipate there's rumours that they're really into Malik Willis. Um, it'll be interesting if they're in range to actually draft him because it sounds like you know, it, like all quarterbacks, they're going to get pushed up. So uh, no doubt, you know, they're going to have to trade up to get him. But yeah, Mitchell Trubisky's found himself a really good opportunity. And that's really good for the Bills as well. Because again, if, I don't know, if, <laughs> for example, for example, Baker Mayfield um, gets released, um, you know, if he gets traded and then released next season, he could even be someone that's, does a Mitchell Trubisky and comes in and nah, is QB2. No you wouldn't want Baker. No chance. Yeah, Baker's ego is a QB2. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. It'd be a nightmare. I, want, I mean, look, I do genuinely feel sorry for Baker Mayfield. I think that what's happened to him is yeah. pretty, pretty shoddy, um, especially given who he's been replaced by. But I'm, I'm not going to get into yes. that. Um, no. Opinions are well publicized. Um, but I think. You know, they basically said to him, no, no, you're our guy, you're our guy, you're a guy, unless we can find this, you know, other person to come in. And then when he didn't come in, no, no, you're definitely our guy. We always we always wanted you. And then he has come in. He's like, well, actually, no, you can go. I mean, it's just kind of, I know it's all business, but mm. you know, they, they drafted this guy. Um, you know, they, 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 obviously, there's some some issues behind the scenes with him. Um, he's obviously limited in terms of what he can do as a quarterback. I don't think he's really pushed on at all since he's come into the league. But he's competent, you know, and there are teams out there, Panthers, Saints, uh, uh, Seahawks, that need competent quarterbacks. And um, I suspect he'll head to the NFC and uh, where it's a little bit quarterback light and, and probably do OK. <laughs> and I, I hope for his sake, he shoves it back down the, the Browns throats, honestly. Um, mm. Probably won't, but I'd like to see him do it, mm. even though I don't like the guy. <laughs> It feels so weird you saying Seahawks are a QB needy team. Like, we're so used to Russell Wilson being there. It's going to take time for me to process the fact that they do need a quarterback and they can't possibly think they can go into the season with Drew Locke as QB1 because... Well, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> if, if they are, then they're definitely going to... You know, they're, they're looking to tank, aren't they? If they keep him at QB1. So, you might draft uh, somebody, I mean, but... Uh, potentially, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Uh, 
Crazy so times. some someone else that joined him at the Steelers that I was a little bit surprised about was Levi Wallace. More so the price point. You know, we all expected him to leave, but two years, eight million. You know, you, feels like all, it. Yeah, we're all surprised Bean didn't find that spare four million in the uh, salary cap to uh, fit him in. So, uh, what what do you make of that move? Or for him? Well, it seems quite cheap. I guess it has to be put in the context of whoever you're placing with. I mean, if we were to bring in a solid veteran at sort of two, three million um, and then draft, you know, someone in the first, second round, I'd say I think that's net positive for the Bills. Um, if we're struggling and scra- scrapping around and we, we draft, you know, offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver in the first three rounds, I think we might be <laughs> might be questioning this decision. So I kind of defer defer my judgment on it really um mm. i think we're gonna we'll see what the big plan is at the end of the day um but it does feel a bit cheap i think levi played incredibly well while trey white was out he really took that sort of leadership role on and um you know he never let us down did he really uh, i know yes he was physically limited but he beat out an awful lot of competition mm. so yeah i don't know uh, it feel, feels a bit like it would have been nice to have him back but I think if their long-term plan is to go and draft a cornerback early, I can absolutely live with it. Mm. And who knows, you know, it's maybe we match the offer, but he just wanted to, you know, he didn't want to become typecast and, you know, be seen as, oh, I can only play, you know, in the Bills scheme uh, with this team. I, I need to spread my wings and, you know, show that I can play in a, at, with a different team in a slightly different scheme, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, maybe he thought been as simple as that. the Bills, are, I'm always going to be on the bubble with the Bills because of the scheme they run and what perhaps they're looking for. We've also got these, these two fantastic safeties that are not going to go on for forever. And in many cases, they're actually covering for the weaknesses of, of, of him. And so maybe he thinks, well, let's just play this out. Eventually a poor and a hide is going to go. My long-term future is not the bills. Let's go to another, you know, I say well-run organization and turn to get, get paid a little bit but um see if i can sort of make a bit of a step a step mm. forward uh, yeah good just, him. yeah, good yeah. player and uh, he's, he's uh you know i think the people in buffalo feel very warmly to him yeah i'm a little bit disappointed just purely because of the price point i'm seeing some of the other deals dj mm. reed to the jets i think he's making 11 12 million average um dante jackson returned to the panthers he's making nearly 10 so i feel like it's going to be really difficult you know, there might be someone out there. Joe Hayden's been, you know, widely rumoured. That would be nice. Um, yeah. As someone that can just come in and, you know, play for us for one year. Um, I'd certainly be in favour for that. But just at a price point, it's a shame, you know, there wasn't a way we could bring him back. You know, again, it could have been his decision. But, you know, out of the ones that have left, I feel like just looking at the prices and stuff, um, that's the one I'm the most disappointed about. But, you know, no criticism, you know, it's, it is how it all played out at the end of the day. So, um, and then you look at Harrison Phillips leaving. Uh, it's pretty interesting what he said in his like goodbye letter uh, to the Bills that you know the Bills had an opportunity, but they wouldn't go past the the price that a lot of other. Well, not, not a lot. I don't know what his market was like, but there was definitely other teams that are willing to pay more, including yeah, the Vikings. More than one, apparently, yeah. Yeah, and they've secured him for three years, eighteen and a half million. Which, yeah, looking at that deal, I'd say that's absolutely fair enough. I feel like with Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, we've pretty much got them two players for that price. Yeah, I think we have uh, close yeah. enough. So I feel like from a value perspective, that 
you know, we won that, you know, because Harrison Phillips did play really well um, the back end of last season. But, you know, just looking at the depth, I feel like Settle and Jones can be uh, more meaningful, those two guys, and just the one Harrison Phillips. So um, what what's your reaction to him leaving and that deal? Yeah, disappointed. Um, yeah, everybody loves Harrison Phillips. And I think he really took a step forward last season. You're finally recovering from that injury. Um but, you know, he's, he's earned the right to go get paid. Um, and I think the Bills for too long have been weak in the middle of this defensive line against the run. And we needed to do something different. And I think getting a couple of big boys, you know, a couple of ring, run stuffers in there um, is the right move. I think we need to try something different. And the reality is, you know, you can develop a play, but eventually they'll price themselves out of your range if it's a non you know, crucial position for you. You've got to choose where you put your assets. And, you know, we've seen from Bean, where does he spend his money? He spends it in safety. He spends it at quarterback, obviously. Um, he spends it at tackle. He spends it at edge. You haven't traditionally spent that much on the uh, the center of the defensive line. And, uh, you know, um, I, think, I think our strength is in, has traditionally been the secondary. Um, and so, you know, you can only spread so many chips around. And I think it was just a consequence mm. of that as much as anything else. Um, but I'm actually, yeah. I think we'll get better on this defensive line with this new shape, but sad to see him go. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back one day. Um, I think he's very warmly liked in, in Buffalo, not just for his, his, his play, but also what he does in the community. So mm. um, yeah, yeah. Sorry to see him go, but uh, yeah, that's the, the way, way it plays out. Yeah, I think they're the main ones that have left. Uh, we talked about Ryan Bates. He's visiting various teams. I think he visited the Vikings possibly yesterday or today would make more sense. Patriots, I think, today, I think. Patriots, uh, Chicago yeah. Bears as well. So, obviously, we've got an opportunity to match whatever offers made. Hopefully, it happens like that. He stays and we can match. I am nervous about it, though. <laughs> yeah. A bit like a guard if he goes. Yeah. Um, I'm really hopeful that we bring him back, especially because of his position versatility. Um, mm. It's not just a guard. So, yeah, we, we who would play backup centre right now? Mm. <laughs> no. Um, would you know, trust Cody Ford? I don't think none of us would, based on what we've seen, seen the last three, no, three years. Maybe anything. he'll, you know, as we've all talked about before, Cromer coming in, you know, he's a really good uh, offensive line coach. Maybe you can get the best out of him and we see the, the best version of him this it's season. But, yeah, exactly. Plan. It's hope. <laughs> That's it. So we definitely need to do something there. Um, is there, from the free agents that are still out there um, that were Bills last season, is there any of them that you'd want to bring back? I don't know with the defensive line, um, how much you know investment's been made there already. You can't expect FA Obada no, uh, to come now. back. Looks like uh, Justin Zimmer probably won't, I wouldn't think either. No. Um, but Ryan Bates is the big one, I think. He's mm. the one that I'm, I'm, I'm most keen on. Um, the only other one for me would be Taewon Jones, just because uh, you know he was captain last season, so he's clearly well-respected. But he is a really good gunner. You know, Bean said he's an elite gunner. And um, our special teams unit was really good. And he was one of... Uh, one of the key reasons for that alongside uh, Tyler Matakavich and uh, Siron Neal. So um, I hope he's brought back in as well um, just to be able to play special teams and keep that unit strong. And then just uh, touching the guys that were released, we talked, or, or cut, sorry, we talked about uh, Dow Williams already, but and we t- kind of touched on Star, but we haven't actually talked about him being cut. You've got AJ Klein, John Feliciano and Cole Beasley as well. So do you have anything to say about those guys? Yeah, I think, we talked about Cole 
a bit built on the pod yeah. and, and the fact that we felt, well, I've certainly felt that, yes, of course, he dropped off a little bit, but not that significantly. I think he's still a very, very effective player. But the, the big, bigger part for me was that through all of last season when he wasn't following COVID protocols and he was racking up these fines, it just felt like a not very McDermott type of thing to do. You know, we know how big they are on culture, about respecting each other. And whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, it didn't feel like something that carried a lot of respect for his fellow teammates. So, yeah, it was kind of expected for me. Um, he also, he made some kind of veiled comments about when he's back in Texas, about being back somewhere where he felt like it was really America. And I thought that was pretty, yeah, a little bit distasteful, honestly. Um, mm. You know, everyone's got their own opinions and their own views, but um, you don't need to, you know, assume that yours are always right and uh, it's, I don't know, it's just a little bit of arrogance and um, again not very culture uh, friendly so yeah not totally dissatisfied I think um, yeah it, it, it was almost with the money that they were going to free up it was it was it was kind of critical maybe the only other one I'd speak about is AJ Klein um, you know started off a little bit ropey in his Bills career but started to improve and I think he was pretty solid when we were playing up against two uh, Titan sets or a run heavy team I think you know when he was able to um, draw a straight line direct to the quarterback we saw some really nice production from him but yeah. I think for that third linebacker spot I think it's a, it's a job you can fill in the draft um, honestly I mean we did see um, Lee coming back um, he's kind of probably a cover for for um, oh, Tara Dodson and yeah, Joe Giles Harris so. I mean, and those I, I, guys you know we've not seen him play so it's kind of hard to know yeah. how what he is but he's, he's been on the, on the bills before and he's been cut um, so probably just a depth guy but I, I wouldn't be surprised if sort of mid-round we went for a linebacker, um, a developmental guy who can probably play that sort of third linebacker position. Or, you know, we, we get production out of the likes of Andre Smith. Um, um, let, mm-hmm. let's, 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 let's see, see how they, they choose to play it. But I mean, we don't play that many uh, three linebacker sets. So it felt like a luxury, especially at the, um, the cap number that uh, AJ Klein was on. Yeah, and I feel quite confident that they've got that third linebacker already in-house. But you're absolutely right. When you think about AJ Klein and, and the role he played, like, as you said, he was ropey. But, you know, there's lots of times that both Tremaine Edmonds and uh, Matt Milano were, have been injured. You know, either both of them, that has happened. Uh, I think in 2020, that happened. Uh, and then separately as well, you know, both Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds missed time last season. So he had to fill in. And I felt like he was, he, you know, clearly isn't a player that, you know, plays at that level of those two. Um, but he certainly came in and, you know, he was value, valuable and uh, provided a meaningful role uh, in this team. So I'm sad to see him go. I completely appreciate that a cap of five million was, you know, just way too, too expensive yeah. for, for that role. But I feel like, he, he you know, without him, uh, we'd have suffered more uh, last season. So uh, it's a shame. But and, and you say about Beasley, you know, yeah, that, that, that becomes a real big need now, wide receiver, especially slot. Like, yeah. are you confident in Isaiah McKenzie? I know that we brought him back and well, you know, no. he's come back on a really good deal. But, but not because I'm, I'm not like what I've seen, but more yeah. what I think the Bills think of him. And we, I think we mentioned this on a couple of podcasts ago is that yeah. he had that standout game against New England. And um, a lot of people thought, well, we're going to see more of Isaiah McKenzie. We didn't. So what that tells us, the Bills don't rate him as highly as perhaps you know what we might imagine they, they, they should have done after that game. But I think what's happened is you know we, we've got obviously 
um, Stefan Diggs, um, Gabriel Davis on a rookie contract. We essentially lost our second and third choice wide receivers in, in Cole Beasley and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I don't imagine Sanders are going to come back. I'd be pretty surprised if he did. So we've lost two you know, pretty crucial points, although Sanders' production wasn't amazing. I think seeing Kumaro and McKenzie coming back was just to make sure we didn't have too much overhaul on this wide receiver group. You know, uh, Josh has to build relationships with these people. And if he's got to build relationships with three, four wide receivers, that's much harder than building it with two. Um, also, OJ Hyde, Coward coming in a realistic uh, passing target. You've got to build a relationship with him as well. So I think they, they just wanted to limit the amount of churn in that wide receiver room. I don't expect Jake Kumaro and Isaiah McKenzie still to have you know, fast production. And also the money they're paying tells us they're not expecting that either. Um, I think there's a good chance we could draft certainly one, maybe even two wide receivers. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So when you look at this all uh, all encompassing the first week of free agency, the initial wave, like how would you grade this free agency to date? Like if you'd have put, I don't know, A to E or something. Solid solid B for me. I mean, Von Miller's obviously stand out, but it, it comes out as a, you know, there are there are still some negatives. We, you know, we're still a bit light on the offensive line and we're still very light at wide receiver and we're still missing a cornerback. So there's yeah. still some work to be done. Um, you've, you've got to look at it almost as in combination with what happens in the draft, not just free agency alone. What we know about Bean is he likes to have most of the position groups covered so he doesn't have to draft for need and he can draft best player available at a position of interest, let's put it that way, um, come the draft. But if you think about this from a positional value perspective, you know, wide receiver two, that's that's a that's a high value position. Cornerback two, that's a high value position. Uh, these are these are still holes, but you have to say, you know, we've improved the tight end room, we've improved the quarterback room, we've improved the defensive line quite considerably. Um, so I think you have to give uh, you have to be pretty positive about it. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I've given it a B plus, as you say. Like you know, there are still glaring holes on this roster um you've already gone through them so i won't go into that but you know there's still time that's just the initial wave it's only been one week as a result of a draft and you know there's still a lot of high um you know uh, highly experienced free agents out there uh, a lot of veterans on the market so we're still by no means done so between now and draft and even after the draft you know there's still going to be moves made so you know there's no need to panic basically so yeah i feel b plus as well as you said you know i feel like the trenches have been significantly improved and that was the area of concern that i had in the off season you look at you know my top four needs when we've done that podcast um one, one was edge the other was defensive tackle uh one was wide receiver so there's still work to be done there and the other was uh, interior offensive line and if we can keep ryan bates then three of those trench positions will be improved in the first week of free agency so i'm really high on this yep very yeah. good yeah all right so what's your move on to our winners and losers Yes. Yeah. So who's your winners out of the uh, free agency? Do you think it's boosted as a result of all this? Two biggies, I think. One is Ed Oliver, uh, because I think his production is going to improve just by having Von Miller and a proper run stuffer by by his side. And the other one's Tremaine Edmonds. Um, Tremaine Edmonds hasn't had a really solid run stuffer for most of his career in Buffalo. And I think it's forced him to have to cover more gaps than we would have ideally like if you've got a proper run stuffer like Daquan Jones in the middle um, who's taking up you know a couple of a couple of blocks covering a couple of different um, uh, two gaps 
that makes Tremaine Edmonds' job an awful lot easier. So I'm excited to see what what, what we'll get out of Tremaine Edmonds. Um, and I think this could be the breakout year for Ed Oliver. So if you want to place some money uh, <laughs> next <laughs> season, uh, Ed Oliver Sachs over under would be an interesting one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, Ed Oliver for me, he's the biggest winner out of everyone. You know, he's it, having Bod Miller next to him on the edge, um, that's going to reduce double teams. He's got genuine one tech options available as well with a bit of pass rush, um, settle more so than Jones, but that'll just free up, you know, Ed Oliver to go to work and, you know, be hopefully more uh, single, you know, interior offensive lineman and get to the quarterback. So he's definitely the biggest winner for me. Uh, what about your loser? Like, who's the biggest loser for you? We've well, obviously got um, a couple of guys that have been cut that may not have expected yeah. to be cut. I mean, the style of Toulé has gone. I was kind of expecting to stay some because the cap hit was quite quite harsh, yeah. especially cutting him now versus um, in the summer. Um, and he's the big one. I think, um, yeah, he's the standout. I think it's obvious that they're not super high on Zach Moss. Um you know, if you look about yeah. them trying to sign McKissick, um, obviously bringing in Duke Johnson, they want that pass catching out of the backfield, running back, which I think Zach Moss was kind of slated to be. Um, so I think he's going to see his, his snaps go down, especially if, if Duke Johnson um, performs. Um, so those are the two, two biggies for me. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, exactly the same, actually. Like, my main one was going to be Zach Moss. Um, as you said, Duke Johnson, we, we knew they'd bring a veteran in. They were going to bring someone else in and replace Matt Breeder, who's actually yeah. gone over to the Giants uh, and joined Dable and uh, Joe Shane over there. New Jersey so. Bills. New Jersey New Bills, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, Zach Moss, I feel like his days are numbered, you know. Um, I'll always remember him fondly for last season and him winning me a substantial amount of money. Um, but his days just look numbered. And I feel like, you know, Devin Singletary, he's only got one year left. And I doubt, just based on the value of running backs, that he'll, he'll return oh, after the one year. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a running back. Yeah, that's um, what I was getting to. This, yeah. There's a sweet spot in this draft where... Yep actually given our positions it's kind of running back heavy and they could have some really nice choices in the second and third round yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if they went for a speed guy um to to develop yeah no completely that's what i was getting to you know there's going to be options in the draft you know we need that long-term security again and there's loads of guys i like in this draft you know there might not be you know for what what appears to be the top guys like from last season's uh, last year's class in Travis Etienne and uh, Najee Harris, but I feel like there's some guys that aren't being talked about. I, I've I've evaluated sixteen what uh, running backs so far. I'm going position by position, so I've done fifteen wide receivers, sixteen running backs, and there's some guys that aren't being talked about that I feel will be immediately an upgrade to Zach Moss, and you know they could potentially become a running back one for us, you know, and replaced Evan Singletary in season two as well. So there's some, yeah, definitely some names there that that, that we can draft um, day two, day three even. So, Have you yeah. seen someone who's a sort of a real burner, somebody who can attack the edge um, yes. in your travel? Who, who, what name stands out to you? So I'm only sort of at the early early parts of the wide receiver. Sorry, the running. I'll back have to pull assessments. out all my rankings, but the one that stands out in my mind, that's my 
biggest sleeper that I've evaluated in any position actually is Ty Chandler, who uh, North Carolina transferred from North Carolina. He was at Tennessee last season. Obviously, there was a, uh, a couple of uh, positions vacated from Javante Williams and uh, Carter, who went to Jets in last season's draft, and he's got some serious burst. But I was really impressed, actually. Just he's he's not a I'd short like guy. To see somebody who's properly quick. Yeah, the only knock on him was um, he's a bit limited in the passing game as a receiver. But that's not any fault of his own. He actually made a really Johnson. nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he made a really nice back uh, shoulder catch uh, from Sam Howell um, from the film that I watched. So it's it's just the their scheme and it wasn't giving him an opportunity to to catch a ball but he was you know it's not just the speed he's elusive as well he's you know slippery he bounces off tackles um despite being you know quite a slender running back actually he's got good height but he's 204 pounds um so he's not huge but i just liked everything i saw from here true breakaway speed as well i think he's um you know he's really high up there on the um Relative athletic score for RAS, I think they call it. Um, he's like about nine out of 10 on there. So he's someone that I really like. And then Samir White as well, who's who was RB2 for Georgia. Um, he's nicknamed Zeus. He's more of a power runner, but he can he's got some juice about him as well. Like he's not shifty, but he's quick and he's got pretty good vision. And because of his size, he's like 220 pounds. He can just bounce off guys. So... They're the two guys I really liked um, watching. Yeah, well, yeah, looking yeah. forward to getting through some more film on uh, on running backs. Um, excellent stuff. Good. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about with free agency? I think we're just going to talk generally, yeah, about the league. So I was just going to uh, stick to the AFC East, really, just the landscape of our division. So Jets and Finns, I don't know about you, but I feel like they made some sneaky good signings. You know, they're not done a Jags, who we'll get on to, and they're not spunked a tons of money on completely bang average players. You know, I feel like they made some good value signings that will improve their team. So the Jets secondary, I talked about DJ Reed coming from the Seahawks, an undersized corner, but he played really well uh, for the last couple of seasons for them and Jordan Whitehead um, to solidify that secondary. Um, they were really poor, like in terms of talent uh, in their secondary last season. I feel like, you know, there's just those additions um, will automatically improve that group. And then they've got a couple of tight ends as well. CJ Zama and uh, Tyler Conklin, who had good production last season. I don't think necessarily that you should pay big money for tight ends in free agency, but they didn't really have any choice because they had no no guys at all there so those guys are an immediate upgrade to the likes of Tyler Croft and whoever else they had uh, just kicking a can on <laughs> in that roster and then Dolphins I thought made some good moves as well like we talked about Manuel Ogba biggest one for me Teddy Bridgewater could he be QB1 for them after week five of Tua throwing about four picks in the game against the Bills probably tell you what though Tua's ribs have got to be uh, aching haven't they they see yeah. Von Villa coming, coming at him twice, twice a season um, uh, you, broke him last last time round you don't need Von Miller just get AJ Panessa against Austin Jackson and he seems to get two two and a half sacks a game against Absolutely. him so he's going to want to get to that ball even quicker yeah but also, they brought in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert as well. I feel like the moves that the Jets and um, the Dolphins have made, I'm not saying that they're going to displace the Patriots, but they've definitely closed that gap. Because the Patriots, the Patriots have done nothing. Barely I mean, done nothing, yeah, I mean, exactly. Patriots fans are going losing their minds at the moment by the lack yeah. of action. Well, 
that's understandable though like from their perspective but they've done so much they spent so much money in that first wave of free agency last year they've got no money left you know not really got much cap space left well, so massive holes on some areas yeah roster, well, so that's what happens when I you mean, overpay for two tight ends i am you know. here to watch the patriots burn uh, absolutely all over that so the, you know if the, if the dolphins or the the jets beat them out for the second uh, position in the afc's hallelujah um i will enjoy it and uh, we can watch bill belichick throw you know more telephones across uh, across, across the sideline <laughs> yeah Sha- trading away Shaq mason for a bag of peanuts essentially it made no sense to me especially when they've just brought back trent brown as well they brought him back today i just feel like you're replacing one player for another and you're paying probably trent brown good money now and that that move made no sense to me at all so i feel like you know the patriots haven't done anything um you know, they've just got worse. The Jets and Finns have got better. Um, so the problem is with the Jets and Finns is neither really have a quarterback. And <laughs> to, to me, this is always going to be nibbling around the edges. Uh, we know just how limited a team can be without a quarterback. It'll be very interesting what Teddy, Teddy can do. But I've not seen anything from Zach Wilson that gives me any kind of fear. And uh, we've seen two... Uh, um, you know, shit his pants, frankly. Um, mm. A couple of times uh, playing against us. So to me... Yes, fine, but I don't, and just these birds are going to come back to bite me when they, they beat us in week two. Um, I don't see anything to be worried about. <laughs> I think if anything, no. the Bills have, have taken a further step forward just because the quality of the Bills signings are, are genuinely, I think, will take them forward. Whereas, the, uh, yes, these are nice signings, but not, there's, not, there's no splash play like a one Bill. No. Um, uh, but they're not in yeah. their life cycle to do that. They're not. No, they haven't exactly. built up a roster like Buffalo has over four or five seasons. Maybe in two seasons. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. But maybe in two seasons, they envisage them getting to, you know, have a roster like Buffalo, and will then make those splashes. But until you know Buffalo, you know, we're going to have Josh Allen. They're going to struggle to get above us now. But you yeah. know, they're, they're just early in their life cycles, aren't they? Really, I just. How stupid is the AFC West? Like, we talked about it before, but it's just crazy, like, the amount of moves being made there. And, you know, it's great for us. Fascinating to watch, yeah. I mean, I'm going to love watching uh, Denver up against KC. And um, I'm going to love seeing Justin Herbert and what he can do against those two quarterbacks. I mean, Vegas are going to be competitive because they are. They've also made some, some pretty nice signings you know it's always tricky when it's divisional games and you know each other very well um, we've seen this from from the Raiders before but I think it's fascinating I, I think everyone's gonna gonna watch and hope that they all <laughs> they all uh, beat each other up and, and take three wins only and and uh, you know that will put Buffalo in a stronger position to get the uh, the one seat you could argue as well that the charges and uh, the Broncos the rosters when you look uh, and compare them against the Chiefs you could argue those rosters are actually better than the Chiefs now I still wouldn't I'd still make the Chiefs favourites purely because they've got Patrick Mahomes and, you know, that they've got Andy Reid and, you know, his ability to get the best out of their offence. And, you know, he's been there, seen it, done it, you know. So you can't just say, oh, because you've got, you know, Russell Wilson, he's coming to the division, you know, the Broncos are going to win the division. They've got to prove that. But also... also you know, putting a new quarterback in, it doesn't happen overnight. No. Everyone's got to learn it, learn each other. It's not a, it's not an immediate fix. I've always enjoyed watching Russell Wilson play. I think he's he's quite entertaining to watch. I kind of 
I find him quite annoying <laughs> when he's on interviews. He's kind of a weird dude. Um, he's kind of cheesy and has these sort of strange lines. He obviously thinks an awful lot of himself. He doesn't have a lot of charm, a lot of grace. But I think as a player to watch, he's really quite thrilling, you know, when he's in the mood. Um, you know, he can extend plays. He gets out of the pocket. You never know what you're going to quite going to get. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch him up against Mahomes. Um, mm. I think it's going to be a, a series of exciting games in that in that division. And the AFC, the AFC West epitomises a lot of my feelings that you look at uh, the other teams that we talked about, uh, with the exception of the Chiefs, um, the Chargers trading for Khalil Mack, uh, the Raiders coming out of nowhere and trading for Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's huge. And that is huge. the Broncos getting... Russell Wilson, what is up with the NFC teams offloading all of their talent to other AFC teams? I'm getting sick of it. Even Deshaun Watson, who was an AFC quarterback, who we all expected to go to the NFC, he sticks around in the AFC. And we can I, don't. Can I, can I set up a swear box or anytime either of us mentions Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Just purely from a footballing perspective, though, <laughs> if he plays how he does for the Texans, it's ridiculous. <laughs> for, yeah, for how long though? You know what the NFL's like. They're going to be leaning, and he's going to play. He's going to play based on point. what he's been traded. Yeah. But just it's just ridiculous. Matt Ryan today, he's been traded into to the Colts. It's just like, come on, like what have you got in the NFC? Rogers and Brady. Sure there's a, a tipping point like, there where the players are going to look at it and go, well, why would I want to go? <laughs> I go and fight over there when I can fight in a much easier conference over here and I've got a much better chance of making a Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, Tom Brady and uh, and, and um, Aaron Rodgers are going to be rubbing their hands together, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, the, the Cowboys have got to be thinking, ah, what have we done to deserve this? The, the, this is putting them in such a much, much stronger position to go deep in the playoffs. Um, so I think they've got to become a tipping point. But yes, yeah, it's, it's mad. And I think it's, it's really whetting the appetite for, I think, a fantastic season. Because usually the talent's more evenly distributed. So you don't get these big blockbuster, you know, quarterbacks playing each other as much as you would like. Um, but now we're going to. The AFC, you know, is, is going to be absolute box office. Mm. Um, I think I, I was listening to a bit of Cover One earlier today and they were talking about hey, maybe we should some bit of a promotion and relegation where, you know, good NFC teams get promoted into the AFC. You know, that's how, <laughs> how poor it is. But <laughs> Well, Bean jokingly called out for realignment, didn't he? He wanted yeah, uh, yeah. a bit more balance. <laughs> I think we're just going to be fortunate that we are in a division which is essentially yes. pretty weak. Um, we are. With, with yeah. a poor collection of quarterbacks. Um, who are some way off um, reaching their ceilings, but also <laughs> pretty low ceilings, I think, generally speaking. So I think uh, we are fortunate and we've got to take advantage of that. We've got to, we've got to go six and nine in our division. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting year. Yeah, well, we probably definitely. rambled on long enough, I would imagine, Tim. I think we're... Uh deep into an hour of our of our podcast so uh, thank you to anybody that's uh, still listening any final points i don't think so no um, i'm just gonna say if you haven't listened to it already go back and listen to the interview we've done with uh, fernando and paolo as well so fernando was a great interview a really good guy um really knowledgeable guy as well um formerly from cover one but he does his own bills content a brazilian fan and paolo who's president of the bills back is italy i think we were both uh, speaking for both of us we had a great time doing yeah, that guy. And, guy. um both of them you know just fantastic people and i thoroughly recommend just to you know get to know these guys and understand their stories uh bills from afar so yeah just uh that was it that's all i wanted to say at the end and now we're going to get into our draft coverage coming up over the next uh, month or so, uh, which uh, is, uh, you know, where Tim and I can Exciting. geek out a little bit. Um, yeah. And um, I'm actually heading to the US on Wednesday. Um, 
going to be in uh, in Houston and then uh, unfortunately in New England. <laughs> Thankfully, it's a pre- prettier area than it is. Uh, uh, we have affectionately known for its football team, but um, yeah. So maybe I will be uh, we'll be recording the next one um, with an ocean between us. I'm afraid, Tim. But we will be talking about um, some of our yeah some of our draft positions. We'll we'll talk offense. We'll talk defense. We will bring on some guests to talk about their drafts, their mock drafts. Uh, we'll get well into that, so you're nice and prepared by the time the draft comes up. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm really really uh, really excited about this uh, this particular draft. I think there's some really interesting moves that the Bills can make. It's funny, isn't it? This is all about be about free agency, and it pretty much has. But I feel like there's been a number of times where we just talk about the draft. So it'll be good to just get this stuff out of the way and get into the draft. Yeah, and if you're um, you know, you know, you're new to the draft, and I know we have quite a few listeners uh, here in the UK and elsewhere where perhaps you're not as you're not watching a lot of college football. Tim and I don't watch a lot of college football, but certainly not during the regular season. We tend to compress it into this period between the end of the, you know, between the Super Bowl and, um, and and the draft when we start to watch film on, on players. If you have any questions about the draft, please feel free to um, to drop them over. Probably the easiest way is, is Twitter. Uh, Bill's from afar on Twitter. You just DM us any questions you want us to cover. Thank you for those of you who have been uh, asking us questions that you'd like, to cover, like us to cover in the show. We're more than happy to dig into any topics. I think Tim and I have been kind of following the draft with some kind of some degree of focus over the last four or five years so we, we tend to feel like we, we sort of know what we're doing now <laughs> they're still yeah. still learning but um uh, we have slightly different styles in terms of what we do but we're, we're very happy to throw any any questions that you have into into the pod uh so yeah i guess we'll, we'll leave it at that uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can do so also individually i am charlie underscore sport he is tim rose 90 or you can email us bills from afar at gmail.com uh until next time go bills go bills